wake up. I'm looking for the churches to wake up, I, but they're not going to. I've given up on it. The churches are not going to wake up. Oh, they will. But it's going to be under the penalty of... They're going to have to get a good lashing and a good beating before they wake up. And they're not there yet. They're not willing to wake up. And, you know, it starts with the preachers, starts with the pastors. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be bad. And, you know, I don't know what's worse. Is is, is an an evil pastor worse than a a pastor that's a, a coward? I couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. Don't know the answer to that. And and the one thing that I you know pray for is when I go to heaven, I, you know God, God you say Fritz, you were <laughs> you did a bunch of things you shouldn't have done, but you had courage. That's kind of what I hope. You know I I'm not uh, you know I don't know I don't have anybody in my I don't know anybody that's squeaky clean, but God I hope He can say you know what at least you had some courage. That's really all all I can hope for in life. And these churches, they're, they lack courage. The pastors lack courage. They lack bravery. They lack boldness. And they take the safe route. And, and that's that's problematic. Will they change? Sure, they will change. That just like America changed when they had a, we had a civil war. Yeah, there's a big change during the civil war. Big change in Yugoslavia during the civil war. There's big changes going right now in, in, in the Ukraine. People are slaughtered. People are dead. People are dying. New leadership will emerge. I have, I actually, at the end of the day, I have great hope for the white race and the Christian church and the white and Christian race. Yes, I mix those two together. I have great hope, but man, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some decades, I think. And we got to pretty much watch the destruction of all that was good and great. Well, we, we're living through it. We're living through uh, the destruction of all that is good and great in the United States of America. A white and Christian race, a white and Christian civilization. Europe, Europe destroyed, utterly destroyed from inside. From inside, baby, from inside. And then, and then the people inside that are traitors invite the invaders from outside. Happened with the, the, the Jews in Spain in the 700s. The Jews in Spain helped welcome the Muslim invaders into Spain and Iberia into southern Europe. That's why they got kicked out of Spain in 1492, because they were traitors all along. The Jews were traitors to the white and Christian race all along. They're not us. Never have been. They never wanted to be. They never will be. They're anti-Christ. They're anti-Christ. They're anti-white. As far as I'm concerned, it's all the same thing. And here in modern Europe, I, 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 you know, for me, I just it's useful for me to trace it back to the rise of what we call the Enlightenment. But the atheistic uh, thinkers that rejected Jesus Christ, that rejected the Holy Scripture, that rejected the Bible, and that movement has taken over. It's it's taken over the the uh, incubation centers for the uh, uh, American intellectuals. It's taken over the universities. And then we have even more recently, 100 years ago, less than 100 years ago, you get the rise of, I think they call it the new school, new social school, the Frankfurt School. It was a center of academia, if you want to put it that way. It was a bunch of Jews, 20, 30 Jews, 
They said, we have to figure out how to deconstruct this Christian society, and that's what they've done. And they came to America before Hitler took over. And this Frankfurt School came over to America, came over to America, and began teaching in our schools a hatred towards the white race. Now we have something called DEI. It's institutionalized. It's the institutionalized hatred and destruction of the white race in our government institutions. In our government institutions. In your public schools. In your kindergarten. In your fourth grade. In your sixth grade. In your tenth grade. Hatred of the white race. Encouraged by the Frankfurt School. The Frankfurt School were Jews. The Frankfurt School were Jews. Okay, that's the source of critical race theory. Their whole school of thought was called critical theory. Critical theory. And, and we know of a subsection of it as critical race theory. The hatred of the white race. Jews. It's, it's, you, this isn't a conspiracy theory. Look up the Frankfurt School. Look up the Frankfurt School. The crit, critical theory. And, the, and, and these, these professors, these PhDs, they come to America and they start teaching at University of California, Princeton, the top universities, and it takes over. Why does it take over? The church is weak. That's number one. Two, the devil's, the, the church is weak because we've rejected the, Jesus Christ and the word of God. I, I'll just say it that way. God is powerful. But when the church wants to satisfy the world and make the world happy and turns away from the word of God in order to make friends with the world, the church loses its power. Simple as that. We become treasons. We become traitors. We become like Judas Iscariot. The church of Jesus Christ has become like Judas Iscariot in that we side with the Jews. Oh, yeah, that's that Jesus guy. Never mind him. Yeah, he's he's really anti-Semitic. We just, you know, we ignore that portion of him. Uh, we reject it in all forms, racism, sexism, anti-Semitism, and homophobia. And so we reject Jesus Christ to the extent that he's racist, sexist, homophobic, transphobic, queerphobic, intolerant, divisive, and anti-Semitic, Islamophobic. And yeah, it doesn't leave much left, but you know, we're trying to get along with the world. We're trying to get along with the Jews. And the Jesus we worship is Jesus 2.0. We utterly reject Jesus 1.0. And the church is full of Judas Iscariots. The church has lost its power because it's rejected Jesus Christ. The church has rejected Jesus Christ, rejected the word of God. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Oh, we don't like that Jesus. No, well, we're going to just say Jesus is a Jew from now on. And we're going to create something out of whole cloth. And we're going to lie to the Jews. We're going to lie to the world. We're going to lie to the church. And we're just going to say that Jesus is a Jew, Jesus is a Jew, Jesus is a Jew. God loves the Jews. The Jews are, good, are God's people. And a man comes out and he says, hey, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. First of all, the Jews, they're not, even, they're not even the offspring of Israel. Second of all, they're the synagogue of Satan. Third of all, they're the devil's little babies. Oh, 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 he's anti-Semitic, he's anti-Semitic. Oh, we reject him. We reject his hatred in all its forms. Yeah, it's not me you're rejecting, buddy. It's Jesus Christ and his words. Okay, I'm telling you, the church has betrayed Jesus Christ. The church has betrayed Jesus Christ because we reject his words. We reject what he says. We want to be friends with the world. We don't want anybody to call us racist or sexist or homophobic or intolerant or divisive or let alone anti-Semitic because, oh, that's Hitler. And we've been trained since 1945 that the greatest evil in the world is Adolf Hitler and the Nazis and the white race.
The church has betrayed Jesus Christ. It's, it's walked away from the Word of God. And this is what the Jews did. I'm telling you, this is what the Jews did. Jesus Christ describes this in Matthew chapter 15. He says, look, you got the law, you got the prophets, you got Moses' law, but you don't like it. You don't like it. You, you've set up your traditions, and you reject the law of Moses. And in Matthew chapter 15, he's specifically talking about honoring one's ancestors. He's talking about the fifth commandment. And the Jews go up, they say, say you know what, it's, if, if you do this, it's like honoring your, your, your ancestors. And so give us your money. That's really honoring your ancestors. And uh, you never mind this stuff about the fifth commandment. Church has done the same thing. Oh, never mind this, never mind that. Just don't be racist, sexist, homophobic, or anti-Semitic. And give us your money. We've gone the way of the Jews. The, the evangelical, Pentecostal, charismatic, mainstream, denominational, we've all gone the way of the Jew. We've gone the way of the Jew. We've gone the way of the Jews. Anybody that speaks out of that is, is immediately attacked. The Christian church in America in the 20th, 20th century has gone the way of the Jews, especially since World War II. I'm sure the church in Australia, New Zealand, and Europe is the same way. We've gone the way of the Jews. Yeah, 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 we know what Jesus said, but we reject it. We reject what Jesus Christ said. We reject his words. Of course, they totally reject the law and the prophets. You can't get any evangelical anywhere to support the law and the prophets, the, the Ten Commandments. You can't, you can't find them. I had some guy try to scold me the other day. He said, well, you know, it all comes down to this, you know, love God, and love your neighbor. That's, that's the only law there is. And I said, look, the Ten Commandments define what it means to love God and to love your neighbor. Jesus Christ repeatedly backs up the Ten Commandments, repeatedly quotes them and backs up the Ten Commandments, including in Matthew chapter 15, to honor one's ancestors. And he says very clearly, he says, listen, any of you, Matthew chapter 5, any of you out there, you're all out there teaching that the law is, is, is not that important anymore. He says you're going to be the least in the kingdom of heaven. Matthew chapter 5. He says, anybody that teaches the law, he says, you're going to be great in the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, the church has gone the way of the Jews. It's gone the way of the Jews. It rejects the word of God in order, for, in order to elevate their man-made traditions. They want to be friends with the world. There's no saving us. There's no saving American civilization when the church itself, the American church, has betrayed Jesus Christ. That's all I got to say about that. You can't save a nation when the church rejects Jesus Christ. We've rejected what Jesus Christ has said in his word out of his own boca. Out of his own boca, out of his own mouth. Jesus said things and the church says, no, we will not teach that. We will not say that. We will not preach that. We don't want to have anything to do with that. Because it's anti-Semitic and it's racist and it's homophobic and it's divisive. I'm telling you, the church has rejected what Jesus Christ said out of his own mouth. You go read the New Testament. You go read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, Revelation, and he violates every one of those little sacred little cows that you've got out there that the Jews erected. Anti-Semitic is a term by Jews for Jews, and that's it. Racist was a term invented by Jews. Oh, you're anti-Semitic. Well, so was Jesus Christ. He told the Jews, he says, you're the devil's own children. He told the Jews, he says, you're liars. You're, not even, you're just frauds. You're identity thieves. You're a Satan's synagogue, said Jesus Christ. Church won't talk about this stuff. Who do you think does the devil's work on, in the world? His own children? His own synagogue, maybe? Well, I just, you know, 
yeah, I do know. I know exactly. You know, and there's two parts of it. One is ignorance, and second is cowardice. Okay? One is ignorance. You got no more excuse for that anymore. Because I'm telling you, Matthew 2315, Matthew 2333, John 844, John 8, 31 through 59, Revelation 3 9, Revelation 2 9, 1 Thessalonians 2, 14 through 16. Jews are hostile to all mankind. They keep mankind from hearing the gospel so that they can be saved. The Jews murder the prophets. The Jews murder Jesus Christ. You, you can't hear this. You can't hear this in, in our Bible-believing churches anymore. You can't hear it. it won't, you, they won't say it. They won't say it because, oh, my God, that, that, that'd make me anti-Semitic, and Jesus was a Jew. And they, they invent these new traditions. The father of Jesus Christ was not a Jew, not in any way, shape, or form. The father of Jesus Christ never was a Jew, ever, ever. In the history of the universe was the father of Jesus Christ ever a Jew. And lineages in the Bible is patriarchal. Genealogy in the Bible is, is exclusively patriarchal. It's not matriarchal like the Jews have. The Jews are an inversion of everything that is good and right and true. Oh, we all, should all worship the same God. Oh, how come Jesus Christ said they're members of the synagogue of Satan? How come Jesus Christ said that their father is the devil? And the church throws Jesus Christ out and says, no, we've got a Jesus 2.0. <laughs> yeah, there's no hope for America. Because we've abandoned the church itself has abandoned Jesus Christ, and, and we would rather uh, obey these Talmudic notions of morality, where we can't be racist or sexist or homophobic or transphobic or intolerant or divisive or anti-Semitic. We'd rather have the praise of men because we don't violate man-made traditions than say, you know what? I'm proud of what Jesus Christ said. I'm proud of what He said. I'm proud of what he said about the Jews. I'm bring it on, baby. Put it on my forehead. Put it on my forehead. Let's talk about the law. The law. When I talk about the law, I talk about the Ten Commandments. Okay, I, 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 I Ten Commandments. I understand. Ten Commandments are eternal. The Ten Commandments came from Jesus Christ. It didn't come from God the Father. It came from Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ gave Moses the Ten Commandments. Jesus Christ gave Moses the Ten Commandments. Exodus 33, verse 11 said, God, the Almighty, the Lord, used to speak with Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. Jesus Christ said, no man has seen the Father. Who was Moses talking to? Okay, over and over in the Gospels, it says, hey, listen, I'm in the Father and the Father's in me. The disciple says, we want to see the Father. He said, dude, don't you understand? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Okay, Moses got the law from Jesus Christ. Moses worshiped Jesus Christ. Abraham worshiped Jesus Christ. Isaac worshiped Jesus Christ. Jacob worshiped Jesus Christ. Daniel worshiped Jesus Christ. The prophets worshiped Jesus Christ. David worshiped Jesus Christ. He didn't just, he wasn't just like invented, invented ex nihilo out of nothing 2,000 years ago. No, John chapter 1, Hebrews chapter 1, he was in with God in the beginning. All things came into being through him. Through who? Through Jesus Christ. You know, you wonder, you know, you know, I, I didn't hear this often at church. I really didn't. But man, it's right there. It's right there. Every once in a while you did. Oh, and Jesus was in the beginning with God. Well, yeah. So the Ten Commandments are eternal. They will never go away. They didn't go away 2,000 years ago. They didn't go away with the sacrifice of the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. They did not go away. 
Jesus Christ is very, very clear. He says, heaven and earth will pass away, but not even one stroke of one letter of the law will go away. What, what does he mean, a stroke of the letter? Well, you know how you write an A? You kind of write it in three parts. You got, you know, two down strokes and a cross stroke. That's a stroke of the letter. That's the stroke of the letter. The, the law is not going away. All right, and, and the law is not, okay, it's meant for us individually, but it was given to a corporate body. It was given to a nation. It was given to a nation state. Okay, it's designed for the nation, the whole corporate body of a race, of a nation state. It's not just, oh, you know, you want to follow the Ten Commandments? Okay, sign a little pledge. You, could, you too can follow the Ten Commandments. No, no, no. It was given to the entire nation, the one nation on the world that was supposed to be an example to every other nation. It was given to the ancient Hebrews, the ancient nation of Israel. Not the fraud that exists today in the Middle East. They're frauds. They're identity thieves. They've got no claim to the name. And the church puts its head down because they don't want to be called anti-Semitic. And they listen to liars. Why does the church listen to liars? Why not open the Bible and re read Revelation 2.9, Revelation 3.9, John 8.44, 1 Thessalonians 2.14-16? Uh, why, not, why not trust what's in the, in, in the Holy Scriptures instead of listening to what the Jews have to say? My God. I mean, it's not that complicated. Ten Commandments are given to the ancient nation of Israel. And so, look, if you as a nation follow these Ten Commandments, you'll be blessed. As a nation, as a nation, as a nation, not as individuals, as a nation. Bless your culture, bless your nation, bless your state, bless your land, bless your national economy. I'll defeat your enemies. I'll make you, you rule over them. Make you head and not the tail, above and not below. Rich and not poor, full of food and not going into starvation. But this is all in, in Revelation chapter twenty. Excuse me, Deuteronomy chapter twenty-eight. But if you as a culture, you as a nation, disown the Ten Commandments and walk away from the Ten Commandments, you're going to be poor. You're going to be in debt. You're going to be invaded by foreign peoples. There's going to be darkness and not light. You're going to be full of diseases and scabs. And the curse will come upon you corporately as a nation. This is what the Holy Scriptures teach. This is what Deuteronomy 28 says. And all of Deuteronomy 28 is based upon the corporate allegiance of a nation to the Ten Commandments. It's not just some little individual thing. Oh, Johnny wants to follow the Ten Commandments. Let's give him a golf clap. No. United States of America, here's your law. It's the Ten Commandments. First Commandment points directly to Jesus Christ. It points to Jesus Christ. It points to Jesus Christ, not some other God. Not Allah. Not the God of the Jew, which is Satan. Oh, in whatever form you can. No, no, it points to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. And, and we, as a culture, abandon the law of God. We abandon the Ten Commandments. We are ashamed of Jesus Christ in the church itself. We ain't getting out of this. There's no salvation for us corporately as a nation, corporately as a church. You, you, you know, individual. Okay, fine. Okay. <laughs> Johnny and Susie, they probably hope they go to heaven. I'm just saying in time and in history, there's no hope for this country as long as we have disowned the Ten Commandments and have, have disowned Jesus Christ. And we have. The church has disowned Jesus Christ. The evangelical church in the United States has disowned Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, we, we believe in him. We, we will tokenize him. Uh, Jesus, I was watching the national championship for college football last night. University of Washington Huskies, my alma mater, my wife's alma mater, uh, 
my mom's alma mater, my dad's alma mater, my brother's alma mater, his wife's alma mater, so I'm kind of a Husky fan. And they played uh, University of Wisconsin, is that it? Not a fan, not a fan. But they, they whipped our butts. They just cleaned us up. So, you know, good on them. They had a great team. They absolutely dominated. Uh, uh. Anyway, during the TV show, there was a commercial, and it was had said something about Jesus. And the tagline was, Jesus, he gets us. And, you know, on this one, I do know whether to laugh or to cry. I weep. I weep. Now, on one hand, I could say, you know, at least they're trying. Okay, fine. Jesus, he gets us. And I'm sure whoever has designed this ad campaign is spending hundreds of millions of dollars on it. What what Jesus are you? Who what Jesus? What's wrong with the Word of God? What's wrong with what Je- what came out of the mouth of Jesus Christ? Jesus, He gets us. And 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 I cry because that's as be- that's the best we can do. That's the best we can do. The role of Jesus Christ in societies today before his second coming is he's the monarch and he's the king. He's the king of our societies, if we're doing it right. If we're building Christian nations, homogenous Christian nations with defensible, contiguous borders, which every nation ought to do. Every nation ought to do that. I need to spend more time on what a nation is. A, a, a nation. You want to know what a nation is? You got to read Genesis chapter ten. You want to. You want to know what not to be in a nation? You need to read Genesis chapter eleven. Genesis chapter ten talks about ethnically homogeneous nations with the common ancestors. Genesis chapter eleven talks about Babel, where they're just all mixed together. One God loves and God ordered; the other God hated. Oh, you're divisive. You're intolerant. You're racist. <laughs> And I weep on that, too, because we substitute our own man-made traditions for what God taught in the Holy Scriptures. And we're ashamed of Jesus Christ. We're ashamed of the Word of God from Genesis through the Revelation. We're ashamed of it as a church. And that's why I say there's no hope for us. There is no hope. It's not going to get turned around. We're going to be destroyed. It's going to be worse than you've imagined. It's going to be worse. It's going to be much worse. It's going to be very, very, very bad for a long time. This is not a two-year cycle. This is not a five-year cycle. This is not a ten-year cycle. It's going to be really bad, and we're going to. The church is going to have to sort itself out. The white race is going to have to sort itself out and say, "Who the heck am I? Who am I?" And I'm telling you who you are. You're the sons and daughters of Christendom, and you need to repent and return to Jesus Christ and the power of His Word and everything He said. Oh yeah, and the Jews will hate you, but they already do. They have you in their sight to genocide you. They've said it. They're open about it. Why is it any surprise that Satan would want to genocide the sons and daughters of Christendom? Why is that even surprising to you, Christian? I don't care what color you are, what race you think you are. I, don't, I couldn't care less. Why is it surprising to any Christian that Satan would want to destroy the sons and daughters of Christendom, which is Europe? And I know you're going to make all your excuses. Well, what about this? What about that? What about the other? Hey, Europe becomes Christendom. Okay? It's the repository of Christendom in history for the last 2,000 years. 
Is there any wonder why Satan wants to destroy? Is there any wonder that his children in the synagogue want to, want to destroy the repository of faith in Jesus Christ in time and in history? Doesn't Revelation talk about that? It does talk about that. He, Satan is going to go out and he's going, to, he's going to barf out water. The Bible, the water talks about the nations, the, the sea, the ocean coming up out of history, the nations of the world. He's going to puke out all this water to come in and, and genocide the white race. Oh, but that would be divisive, and, 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 and God's not a racist. And, and look, dude, just read the Bible. That's all I got to tell you. Read Genesis 9. Read Genesis 11. Genesis 9, good. Genesis 11, bad. Genesis 9 is the model, okay? Separate races. Genesis 10, uh, Genesis 11, the Tower of Babel, bad, evil. God hated it. God hated the, 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 the conglomeration of all the peoples together. He said, that's not what I called you. I said, you spread out. And he divides the races and the nations by forcing them to have different languages. And he doubles down on that at Pentecost. He didn't come back, okay, here the experiment was over. We all need to be no nations, no borders, and everybody's going to speak the same. No, no, no. God hates that. He destroyed Babel. Why does the church try to rebuild Babel? And they go out there and they have these little fun things with the Jews and the Muslims. Oh, we're all the children. No, you're all the children of the devil if you're going down that road. John, Epistles of John, said, listen, if you, even if you raise your hand and greet into them, you participate, you put your hand to do evil. All right, Ten Commandments. Okay, the consequence of a nation rejecting the Ten Commandments of God, which we've done, is utter destruction. Deuteronomy 28. There's a guy, there's a guy on the Internet. He's an he's a Internet preacher. You know, he's got you know fat white guy in a nice suit, stands up there, and, and he, 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 he gets these... You know, he, he's up there saying, you know, thus says the Lord and, and this and that. And, you know, who am I to question that? Because I'm not. But, you know, he says destruction's coming. Destruction's coming. You know, it's all over. I want to give you why. You don't need to get a little tingly thing from the Holy Spirit or any other spirit. You don't need to have some, oh, you know, I read the tea leaves last night and I lit some candles and I was meditating and boom, this popped in my mind. No, it's right in the Word of God. There's the Ten Commandments and there's Deuteronomy 28. If a society rejects the Ten Commandments and the first commandment points to Jesus Christ, the result is Deuteronomy chapter 8. I think it's verses 16 through the end of the chapter, 60. There's only the first dozen or so chapters that talk about the blessings of God for the nation that obeys the Ten Commandments. The other 50 verses are about the nation that rejects Jesus Christ, that rejects the first commandment, that rejects the second commandment, that rejects the third commandment, that rejects loyalty to your ancestors and your race, that rejects a prohibition against adultery, that rejects covetousness as a matter of public policy, which is what we've got, covetousness as a matter of public policy. He says you're going to be destroyed by invaders, disease, poverty, debt, darkness, ignorance. There will be no light for you. That is the condition of the United States in 2024. It's, you don't need the tinglys. You don't need the tinglys to understand it. It's right there. It's written in the Word, written in the book. Exodus 20 for the Ten Commandments. Deuteronomy 5 for the Ten Commandments. Deuteronomy 28 for the blessings of the curse. That never goes away. It will never go away. Not for your nation or any nation. And Satan tries to offer you a second path, and you end up with trannies in grade school. And we wonder why. 
The repentance has to happen in the, in the pulpits. I'm just telling you in the pulpits. God have mercy on every one of us. It's there. If I'm not say, speaking it out of the word, write me a note. Tell me. But it's there. Everything I'm saying is true. And, and you wonder, and you'd say, well, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I, well, here's the fruit of evangelicalism in America. It's trannies in grade school. That's why I know we're wrong. Fritz Bergen, bloodandfaith.com.